RC Plane Lab, a podcast for anyone interested in RC airplanes. We'll share tips and tricks on how to build models and talk about successful flights, epic crashes, and everything in between. Visit us at rcplanelab.com to sign up for our email list and to ask us questions. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please help us out by rating and reviewing us in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for spending time with us today. Now here are your hosts, Ron and Tom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RC Plane Lab Podcast. I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. Dude, we bought a friggin' laser. I know. <laughs> so that is so exciting. So that's exactly what I want to talk about to uh, start off today's episode. Well, you have um, to talk about it first because it's the most exciting. It is so super cool. It so, really is. you know, we, we, we talked a lot about trying to do the, the balsa and all that kind of stuff with the little the little cheapo laser kind of thing that I had and we didn't have a lot of luck with it so it we kind of worked well it did work ish yeah you know it kind of for if that's all you have it worked great but now we have something much better we have a real laser we have a co2 laser it's awesome oh my, i'm like i'm like so excited like <laughs> i've been wanting to buy one of these for a long time and they were very expensive yes. like for the size that i wanted they were exorbitantly or exorbitantly they easy they were, for you to say yeah they were exorbitant <laughs> they were really expensive <laughs> they were very expensive man i couldn't get that out exorbitantly expensive yes um so anyway after you and i kind of did some talking and stuff there's there's all these cheap ones i should say inexpensive whatever uh small co2 laser cutters on ebay 400 bucks get you or gets you like a 12 inch by 8 inch cut area not nearly big enough kind of small yeah, yeah not not nearly big enough for what we wanted to do but we thought let's try it out yeah let's see what it's like let's see how it cuts and it's freaking cool and it is <laughs> i'm sorry but it is, it is so cool it's the coolest thing i bought for a very long time yeah i am like the quality of the parts right that come out of this thing i it just blows me away I know. It really and it's, does. it's fairly quick compared to what we were it's using before. It's extremely quick. So what I was doing before on my CNC machine with my, you know, little janky laser was uh, I would cut five passes to get through uh, balsa. Yes, the JL. <laughs> Sorry. Janky laser. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Uh, five passes to get through eighth inch balsa yes. at 17 inches a minute. Almost all the way through. Almost all the way through. In Most of the way through on soft stuff and about half of the way through on the hard stuff. Right. Which you unfortunately learned because you that was my fault stuff. because well, i wanted to use the hard balsa in those um in the applications grids. yeah and you did which is fine um but you still had to trim all yours out and you said you ended up using a jigsaw saw. yeah um so after that is when we kind of got serious about looking at different lasers um so like i said it was five passes 17 inches a minute with this new one i can cut through balsa one pass 65 inches a minute it's incredible. So literally, it takes like no time at all to cut what you need. Yeah. Long-term goal for this, however, is going to be tearing it apart, <laughs> <laughs> using it for pieces, and making it bigger. Like I really want something that's no smaller than two foot by four foot. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest, the thought of it for me, the thought of taking something like this apart and modifying it to make it suit our needs I'm not going to say it terrifies me, but it's it's so out of what I consider my skill set to be, which is why I feel like I'm so lucky to have you as a friend because you are so smart when it comes to doing things like that with electronics. And 
Like when you first mentioned that that's what you wanted to do, I will admit my first thought was, <laughs> well, there's $400 down the drain. But that's totally not wow. the case. I mean, I don't know how to take that. Well, I mean, not that I had any doubt that you could do it or anything, but just taking something like that that's built a certain way and then modifying it to suit your needs. It just, I mean, when it comes to electronics, it's so out of my See, wheelhouse. This is going to be easier to do than building the CNC machine. Because literally the CNC machine was from scrap. I mean, like I had nothing together. Okay. I, I didn't have any plans. Right. I didn't have any, I, I really didn't even know what I was doing when I first started doing it. Um, so having gone through several iterations with that, building an inexpensive proof of concept machine, mm -hmm. going up to a heavier duty gantry, going up to dual motors to drive the Y axis as opposed to just the single one that I started with. Um, by building that up, you learn a lot about what you're doing with it, and especially with the electronics and how to drive it and what it takes for that. So something that size, going through that and figuring that out makes this so much easier. Yeah. Because to me, I mean, like, my gantry on my CNC machine is easily probably 120 pounds, if not a little bit more. Yeah, folks, it's large. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> I mean, very big, and it's solid steel. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's I-beams. Yes. And it's five and a half feet, almost six feet wide on that I-beam, plus the steel that, you know, the risers on it are right. solid steel U-channel. And that's like a foot wide. So, I mean, this thing is no joke. Heavy duty. Plus the spindle is very, very heavy, but, you know, everything that's going back and forth. Compare that to a laser. Yeah. Where literally the only thing that you have going back and forth on the basic level is a mirror. Yeah. Really, tonight was the first time I've seen it mm -hmm. um, since, since you got it. It's or beautiful, it isn't it? it? It really is. And it's really... To me, to a to a dumb old guy looking, you know, looking at something like this for the first time, it actually looks kind of simple. It I mean, is the whole, you know, right. the whole moving parts on it. It just it's easy to forget that really all you're doing is moving mirrors. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot to it. Yeah. So that's why I'm not afraid to make it bigger. Yeah. And that's why now I am also not afraid of you tearing this apart and good try, trying to make it bigger because I. Even even dumb old me kind of understands what's going on here, and um, yeah, I don't really see the the harm. No, in, I don't in either. Making it bigger, so it, it's almost like, well, why didn't they just make it bigger? I know. I mean, like that's a, a question I've asked several times because you look at these machines; they are all over the place for yeah. sub four hundred dollars. Right. They need a little bit of tweaking, a little bit of things that you have to do to them. That you know, I, I read a lot on them. I looked at a lot of, uh, I think I've seen every YouTube video that <laughs> right. <laughs> that talks yep. about these little lasers. And everybody talks about things that are wrong with it when you get it. All the things that have to be done to make it usable. I don't know if we just lucked out or if they've got better or uh, what it is over time. Literally, the one we got out of the box, plugged it in. I did not use the software that came with it. There's another set of software that I found online that somebody didn't like what came with it and wrote their own program and, you know, gave it away for freeware stuff. What? And it works awesome. That kills me. Straight out of the box. Works great. That's awesome. I know. I love it. I mean, right? What else? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, what else can it, you say? It produces parts that, like, I've built laser cut kits before. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, this thing rivals, I mean, honestly, that I think the parts that are coming out of this machine are, are the best parts I've seen. Well, I think so, too. I mean, yeah, maybe it's maybe it's because they're not designed to be mass produced or whatever. Maybe there's some, you know, something gets lost in translation when you're making a kit for hundreds of copies as opposed to, you know, a one-off part or whatever. But man, the the crispness 
yeah. of the parts are what kills me. And the speed of which I can well, make them too. is so nice too. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. it, it's so, like, I'm super excited about this. I, yeah. I don't want to tear it apart. Like, I'm having too much fun just finding different things you can engrave on or you can print or you can cut or you yeah. can do yeah. that I'm going to miss it when it's gone <laughs> while we're working on making well, it bigger. <laughs> I understand what you're saying, um, but just think of the capacity. Oh, that's And, and speaking so of nice. that, I, I like, so back to the question, you know, why, why don't they make it bigger? Yeah. Maybe it has something to do with the perception of capacity. Like, so maybe, maybe with the power of the laser that's in that cabinet, maybe they didn't want people using that or trying to use that particular laser setup on something that's a lot thicker, which one would assume you'd be able to handle with a bigger cabinet. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's possible. Do you know but, what I mean? No, I get it. So like, maybe that's why it's marketed at this size to try to prevent it, the... It could be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean, like, so for what we're doing with it... Yeah, all we're, ever, balsa, yeah, all we're ever going to use is what, you know, eighth inch, maybe some quarter inch balsa once in a while. Yeah, for that, it works wonderful. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I do understand why people have problems with them, but we haven't hit those problems yet because we haven't tried to do anything bigger yet. We haven't tried to do anything thicker. So it does not have a movable Z axis. Right. So that's its major drawback. You only can cut at a certain height. You can't actually raise and lower that up. You okay. know, raise and lower the right. bed up to get to the focal point of the laser. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's always after I drink soda. <laughs> Sorry about that. I heard that. Um, uh, what was I saying? Oh, so... Can't adjust the Z-axis. Yeah, you can't adjust the Z-axis, which is problematic when you're cutting stuff that's three-eighths of an inch thick or something like that. So we will need to do something about the z-axis being able to be adjusted and i have no problem doing something like that when we when we build it bigger the other thing that is problematic with it is it does not have the air assist on it so when you're trying to cut something there's no uh, air movement around the nozzle to clear off or to clear out any of the smoke that's created and yeah. it creates a lot of smoke yeah so it has a, a a nice extraction like exhaust fan and it's by a window in my garage right now so that goes right out that window and all the smoke just blows outside and you still get some inside. I mean, you do. You could smell um, it a little bit, yeah, when you cut that piece. Not nearly as much as what goes outside. I mean, I'm amazed at how much that extractor works for what it is. For what it is, really. yeah. Um, like, Seems like stuff tends to catch on fire, too. Well, it burns <laughs> a little bit, but not like burns burns. That's true. It almost just looks like a candle flame. Yeah. And it doesn't do that all the time. I don't know what causes it to do that and what causes it not to do that. But putting the that air assist nozzle on it eliminates that. Yeah. Um they do have they do have I love people. They do have files that somebody else has, has designed <laughs> and uploaded to Thingiverse so I can three D print one mm -hmm. and you don't have to buy a thing. I just haven't done it yet because I've been kinda of busy. Well, um, you've been busy playing with it. Well, playing with it, yeah, and there there have been other things going on too. Isn't right, I, I right. had like a day really yeah. with that is all I, I actually got to dedicate to it, um, but it was a lot of fun, and it's going to be awesome when we actually get it done. Like it's I'm, already I'm awesome. so looking yeah. forward to, but, to yeah. some of the things. So I have cut balsa, eighth inch balsa, no problem. Quarter inch balsa, we will get no problem once I get that air assist on, mm -hmm. because in order to get through the balsa, you have to go a little bit slower, and it does catch it on fire. Um, so that's always fun when Fire's you know <laughs> you, you see the quarter inch piece of balsa you have down there like flaming out everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, exciting. We'll, 
Well, it, true. I mean, probably not so good for finished parts, but well, certainly depends fun if to you watch. Want, I depends bet. if you want them singed. <laughs> I mean, if you want them singed, it works great. Well, singed, yeah, singed is <laughs> well. I mean, singed can be good or bad, I suppose. Depends on what the finished product is going for. Yeah. Um, but we did the so the eighth inch balls is no problem. Um, the Falcat, I th- and I, I wish I could find more information on what this wood is because yeah. it's very difficult uh, to find online. So, you know, we talked about before the uh, the Falcata wood is the it's, I think it, what he told us it was when mm-hmm. we went up to our hobby shop. That that was the word he used. Uh, well, Brian did. Yeah. We, maybe we need to call and check just to be sure because I cannot really find anything online listed for what we bought. Yeah. And what we got was three sixteenths inch thick, four inches wide, forty two inch long pieces. And it was like two bucks a sheet. Yeah. Which is nothing. Awesome. For like compare that to balsa. And yeah, yeah it's half it's price. Nearly half, yeah. So or barely half. No, actually the balsa was almost four dollars for a thirty six inch piece and this is forty two inches. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's, so it's less than half. Less than half. Considerably which, less than half. Which is awesome. Which is yeah. But anyway, it cuts through that perfectly. Um, other things I've, I've tried to cut is that Dollar Tree foam board. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I tell you what. <laughs> I think I'm almost more excited to be able to cut through that kind of stuff mm-hmm. than ball. I, I lied. That's all super exciting. It's to all be able to do very it. exciting. But to cut Dollar Tree foam board and be able to make like profile foamies and stuff yeah. and have it do it for you and no more cutting, oh, it's going to be <laughs> awesome. Um, so much cramping <laughs> in my hand cutting that stuff. Well, and I, I always hated, and we don't do it often because no. we don't do a lot with the, the foam stuff, but the few things that we've done, it's always such a pain to get the, the corners just sharp and right and all that kind of stuff. This is going to do it for us. We don't ever have to worry about cutting foam again, which is another reason we're going to make, make it, it bigger. bigger. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm super excited to be able to do that kind of stuff too. I mean, think about this for just a second. <clears throat> you could go from concept to proof Mm-hmm. to prototypes, to finished product. And, I mean, the the amount of time, just in time that this thing is going to save, Yeah, it's incredible. Repeatability is going to be awesome. Well, that, yeah. Just to have I mean, one file, and then you cut it yeah. as many times as you want. Yeah, I mean, no talking about foam, you, you come yeah. up with a design, and in 10 minutes you have a flyable, you know, Absolutely. example. So I mean that that just blows my mind. Yeah. So you know we <laughs> talked a while ago about the sandpiper thing really I was excited. working on and trying to design. That's gone by the wayside, but I think once we get this back up and going, it's coming back on full, and I'm going to be able to make as many of them as I want, and we're going to be just there's going to they're going to be everywhere. Everybody's going to have one. There you go. It's going to be so much fun. We're like, going to bring I'm back so, combat. I want to. We're bringing it you back. Have I'm no you have no idea. I want to so bad. There are so many things that have gone by the wayside in this hobby that I want to bring back. You know, we talked last weekend, or talked last week about it also, like the landing, how many times you can land in yeah, a minute. Yeah, fun flies. Yeah, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Oh, it would just be so much fun. And so much more fun with a cheap airplane oh, that yeah. you can replace, you know, in five minutes worth of cutting foam on a <laughs> on a laser cutter. Yes. Oh, so excited. Yeah. Um, so like I said, we, we did the Falcata on the laser cutter too, and it cut really nice. So nice. <laughs> so much so that... Uh, well, I decided I'm going to redo my wing. Your duelist <laughs> For wing? My duelist wing is I'm starting from scratch. Okay. Um, yeah, and actually I'm almost to the point where I was on the original wing already. Uh, well, don't tear apart the original wing just yet. Why? Well, I don't know. We may 
I may need it as a backup because I, <laughs> what I did to mine. What'd you do to yours? Well, I accidentally built mine flat. You built yours flat? <laughs> yeah. Wait, now hold on a minute. Weren't you giving me heck for, for <laughs> yes. building mine flat? I, would, I did. <laughs> <laughs> How did you do that? Well, so I was so excited to be building a duelist. <laughs> I um, laid out my ribs on the top of the main spar, and I, you know, I was. Uh, you want to answer that or? No, I'm good. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so I was, you know, had my cool tool of the week builder square out, or triangle out there, you know, setting all my ribs at ninety degrees and just going to town, gluing them down, and I. Just completely forgot to set that day, set the dihedral on the on the root rib. Even on after, both panels. Even after you got yes. after me for not building it correctly. Yes. Although you did tell me it would be okay with an electric. I did. But that it needs the the whole dihedral thing, whatever, yeah. for, and for so, that one. Yeah. So fortunately I realized my mistake before I actually glued the top spar on. Well, that's um, good because it'll be you be, can shorten because it. Because I can shorten up. But I decided, you know what? I told Ron that uh, that it'll be okay flat, and I'm going to prove it. So I went ahead and left them flat. <laughs> How ironic is that? I know that you it's, walk in here yes, tonight. I know, and I now have a tapered wing I or a dihedral. Yeah, wing. I could have said nothing, and you know nobody would have been the wiser. But I'm admitting to you that I did give you a hard time about building yours flat, and then I did the exact same thing. Yeah, you even went off on me on, well, it says on there, you know, the know. wing rib template kind yep. of thing. And, yep. oh, that is... Well, it's because I didn't have awesome. a rib template cut out for me in, in laser form that I didn't use one. I don't want to hear that because <laughs> that thing I printed out for you where I drew everything, like, yeah. separate, right, had that on there. It did, but the stack of wing ribs that you gave me didn't have it cut into there, so I just... Oh, personal it's responsibility. Not it's okay, not your thank fault. You, thank it's not your fault. It's my fault. I'm the one that... But mm -hmm. I... But I am going to prove it that it will fly just fine with a flat wing. So, so the funny thing is though when I when we went out in in the garage and I was cutting like the only file I had ready to cut was a, a wing or a wing rib. Uh, -huh. uh wing rib number 8 actually. Okay. Yes. And so I I cut that out and stuff and you're like, "Oh, that almost makes me want to redo my wing." They look so nice. And oh then you gosh. walk downstairs and you didn't even notice. I didn't. You didn't so, notice. Like I thought you had put your old wing back in the jig to repair it. And I just, as I walked down here, I, I kind of glanced at it, saw your wing in the in the adjuster jig, and I thought, oh, okay, well, he's he put it back in there to make sure it was still, you know, in alignment <laughs> while he did his repair. And that was honestly, that was as far as I thought. And then I went to the fridge to get myself a drink. and Which a couple feet away from the fridge is my other wing literally standing up. Do you see it now? Oh, I see it now, yeah. <laughs> you well, almost kicked it when you went over there then. I, That's how close it was. That's didn't even funny. notice. Yeah, I didn't even. Uh, yeah, now that I, you mention it, I'm <laughs> I'm looking at it. And I'm like, oh yeah, what a ding dong I am. Yeah, that's obvious. didn't even see it. It's that's, obvious. It's right there. It's, I mean, it's right. Well, anyway. your new wing looks fantastic. It does look a lot better than the old wing, especially with all the glue joints, and uh, it looks really bad because of the super glue. But you'll be proud of me. The new wing I'm putting together with mostly because I did get a little bit. Uh, um, what's what I'm looking for? I got a little bit uh, antsy and wanted to get it done a little faster, hey, so listen, I used CA I, for most I, of yeah, it, or I'm, for some of it, but most of it's put together with wood glue. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. You should. Um, and I'm not anti, I don't want anyone to, to get the wrong impression. I'm not anti-CA. I mean, CA glue is fantastic when used, you know, 
for its intended purpose. Yeah. Well, like, really, it wasn't any more difficult to build with the wood glue than it was with CA. The only difference is you test fit the piece first, Mm -hmm. then you take it out. Yes. And you put the wood glue in. Right. And you put the spar back in. And if you're using medium CA, that's exactly the same process. Oh, is it really? Normally. I've never used medium CA. I've always used thin. Oh. Well, if you're using medium CA, it's it's the same. I mean, you can use it like thin if you want to, but it doesn't soak in like as well. Wick in as much. Yeah. Yeah. So, whoops, sorry about that. Um, But yeah, medium CA you use kind of in the same manner. You just don't have to clamp it down as long. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so I I still have some of the pins in there. I got to pull them out. It's it's good. um, Well, what I was referring to, like it looks fantastic with with the the cool laser cut. Ribs with, yeah. with the with the, the lightning um, holes. The lightning holes. Oh, it looks so awesome. I wish you you need to post some pictures of this thing. Yeah, I've taken pictures. I've been going Which through. Which I have a couple of pictures for you too. But you so it's like the same lightning holes pretty much, not exactly as what I did in your wing. The only difference is I didn't have to get a jigsaw out to finish it. <laughs> um and it was really quick. So well, yeah. I think sure. all the all the wing ribs were cut within twenty ish minutes, maybe. If I hadn't done such a good job of putting my wing together, aside from the fact that I'm, you know, messed up the the, the root angle, mm-hmm. I would be seriously tempted to to start over on my wing as well with these new ribs. They look so fantastic. I kind of think you should. I mean, granted, they're going to be covered up, you know, because I'm fully sheeting my wing. Right. Um, but, but still, man. I still think you ought to. And the only reason I say that, <laughs> like, honestly... First off, those ribs that you worked on or that, you know, that I cut before, you had to sand them and get them to fit. And some were short. You had to kind of put the spacers Shins, in and stuff. Yeah. That would bug me more than a cracked, or a cracked rib that I glued. Like, I don't know why. That would just bug me more to mm. know that's inside. That doesn't bother me. Oh, well, I'd still redo it, obviously, because I already... Well, I mean, I've mine. done a good job. The wing is, you know, solid. My, yeah. my wing is solid. Right. It's just... It would look so much better like that, <laughs> looking with, here. Yeah. With dihedral. I mean, do you think that's going to make much of a difference? I really, like, I really don't. But you're you're supposed to be building it to plan. That was the whole thing. You're building to plan. I'm not. Yet so here's a secret. Yet ironically enough, I can still correct it. Do you think you're going to? I mean, like, have you, ouch, like, have you thought about that? I just hit the wall. Um, No. No, you're I mean, not just no, just no, now, I thought about you know how I could, and it, there, I could still correct it. There's enough. There's enough thickness. Actually, it would be super easy to correct it. To be honest, all I would have to do would be to um, cut another root rib, right, and then you know make it out of quarter inch or whatever, and just sand a taper on both sides to match the angle. Glue that in the middle. Glue my panels to that, and then reinforce that joint with. Fiberglass tape, which was going to happen anyway. Yeah, you're going to have to show me how to do the fiberglass tape thing because I've never done that before. Oh, it's easy. Well, I know, but I've never done but, it. So, so I could I could correct mine if I wanted to, and it would still be to plan. The parts True. the parts would be different, but it would still be to plan. I would still have the correct dihedral, and just the parts would be a little different. That's all. Nobody would ever know. No, they except wouldn't. Except for me and you. Except for. And, and our millions five of people listeners. listeners. <laughs> I round up, you round down. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, I don't know. I, I would start over. But you do you, boo. If I wasn't so far along, I would. Yeah. 
but I've already I, sheeted the tops of my wings, which means that's 12 sheets of 332 well, by 6 no, by 4-inch right. balsa, yeah. which is really expensive right I now. I got you on that one. So, I forgot you had that much done. Yeah. So that changes my mind a little bit. Yeah. If I had any of that on, I probably would not have started over. But I knew I still had the, the sheets made, yeah. just and you not assembled yeah, yet, you hadn't, so, right. or just not glued onto the glued wing, onto so the frame, I was not yeah. all that worried about it. Plus, I think I'm going to change, like, I think I'm going to change how I'm mounting the servos. Um, okay. I'm going to do that just a little bit differently than what I had originally planned. And also, the thing that really bothered me about the wing I was building before, I didn't think when I cut it to put any holes in to run the electronics, to run any of the wires. The wires. So, you know, I programmed it into the new one now, so we're pretty good on that. Um, yeah. So that'll make it easier when it comes to actually putting everything together. Okay. Oh, you got a noisy throat today. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> it's one of those things. I don't know what that is. I don't know, but it makes me laugh every time. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's a funny noise, though. So, But yeah, so that's where I am on the do list. And I, I did get all of my uh, formers cut on oh, the CNC you? machine. for uh, or, Not on CNC. I'm so used to saying CNC. Uh, on the laser, on the which laser. sounds cooler than it CNC. It does sound cooler. Uh, so I got all those cut on the laser, and, and that's ready to go as soon as I'm done with the, uh, with the jig here for the, uh, the wing. Nice. So that'll be exciting, so too. So the formers that you cut, are they like the ones you showed me? Yeah, but instead of a quarter-inch inset, I did three-eighths. And I, I cleaned them up a little bit to make it look a little bit nicer and, and all yeah. that stuff to where everything is uniform now. Like the the spacing and stuff is uniform, and so is the thickness on everything on the inside. Cool. So And I corrected the numbers on them because I had the wrong numbers <laughs> for the former numbers. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. I made a mistake on that one. That's okay. And actually, when I was looking at them, I might have still messed one of them up. I don't know. I've got to look at the plans. Well, but, as long as you match them up to the plan before you glue them in place, you'll be fine. Yeah. It doesn't and, matter what number's on them. <laughs> something else. When I laid out this wing on this jig, last time when I did it, I mean, like, it took me forever to figure out how to properly space the the wing spar or the wing. Gosh, I always do that. Yeah, you always call a rib <laughs> a spar. I'm I not do. Sure why I don't that know is. why. Maybe we should all just know that when I say spar, that's what I mean. Until you mean spar. Then I'll say the Rip. square thingy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, so with the uh, with the wing rib spacing, mm -hmm. I made it so much harder the first time. Like I tried to measure it out and then figure out how far apart it's supposed to be. I don't know what I was doing that time, but when I measured it this time, they're three inches spacing, three inches apart. But I was like measuring the inside to inside, oh. and I was just having such a problem figuring that out the first time. So it's and just this three time, inches. It's just three inches. <laughs> but don't measure the inside. You measure, you know, the right side on one to the right side of the next one, yeah. and that's three inch spacing. Yeah, outside to outside to outside to outside, yeah. and so on and so forth. Whereas, like, if you actually measure the plan, and I think that's what I had the problem with, they are off just a little bit. Well, it's because the, the plans are off a little. Yeah. One wing is longer than the other, and so well, on. Well, and so that's forth. not on mine now because I measured the same and did it the right way. Um, but yeah, there's there's a couple of them where it was almost like a quarter inch off, and that's what I think gives you that weird spacing on that plan. Mm. And that's actually probably what makes it so. Like the leading edge or the the trailing edge more so than the leading edge isn't quite straight line all the way down, and I think that's probably because probably of why, that too. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. Well, but, if they're even spacing, then that should make, in the CAD file, it should make, make it that much easier to line up all the trailing and leading edges, right? It should. 
Yeah, because you should I already theoretically be able to draw a straight line yeah. over the course of that. But I already cut Sorry. mine, so I don't care to do it again. Well, yeah, and you've already got it <laughs> glued together, so it yeah. looks great. It's going to be good. So, yeah, so that's my do list update. I don't think I have anything else to say on that. Um, no, and yeah, so I've admitted to the world that I built mine flat even after giving you a hard time for doing the same. And uh, Oh, that makes me so happy. I may or may not correct it, so I mean, we'll see. We're, we're going to get you off that pedestal. <laughs> hey, I don't put myself on the no, it's no somebody you else don't. that does. I agree. Not me. So not hey, me. Yeah, not so me either. Let's move on to the next topic. We've beat the duelist to death here. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about the AMA because I noticed um, AMA is short for Academy of Model Aeronautics, and that is the organization that sort of um, promotes the hobby. Um, okay. In more ways than one. Um, I noticed that uh, on a lot of our listeners' survey submissions, um, some listeners, you know, indicated that they were not AMA members. Which, which take is, pause there for a second. If you have not filled out our listener survey, please, please go to the website and fill it out. Uh, it's very handy for us to know kind of where we should focus our efforts for the podcast to where we can cover what you guys want to hear about and not waste our time covering things that you don't want to hear about. Um, I know roughly how many listeners we have, and I know roughly how many surveys we've received, and I'm not going to be happy <laughs> until those Here numbers match. So come on. If you have not filled it out, please help us out. Help yourself out. Yeah. Go fill it out. Sign up for our email list, and we'll all be much happier when you do that. Yeah. It, it, and it really does help you out as, as a listener because um, – if you indicate to us that you want to hear something, there's a very good chance that we'll talk about it on you know future podcast fairly um, soon. If yeah. because we're, I'll be honest, we're running out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've noticed the past uh, couple of episodes have been kind of thin, but that's okay. Uh, it happens. Um, but so anyway, we need your help. Anyway, yeah. go do so it. yeah, fill out the surveys if you haven't. Um, but I did notice that on the last or last time I looked at our survey submissions, there were a few members or a few folks that had indicated that they were not AMA members, and that's fine. Hold on, sorry. No, you're right, but I also want to clarify, this is United States only, correct? Yeah, right. Okay, so we right. have received uh, uh, survey responses from I should literally that. like yeah. all around the world, which is awesome, which by is the way. Which is fantastic. Um, but this does not apply to those who are not part of the United right. States. Right. And I don't know if they have their own like AMA-type things in You know what, if they countries. do, they should let us know. Uh, yeah, because the, the more informed we are, the better we can inform you know, everybody everyone else. else. Um, so yeah, uh, I did I did pay attention to our survey and the ones who indicated that they were in the U.S. but not okay. members of that. I got gotcha. you. I will not um, interrupt again. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, oh, by the way, no, I'm just. <laughs> so let me just start by saying I I, it, I don't work for the AMA. I don't uh, I don't receive kickbacks for getting people to join. I just think it's a very worthwhile. Um, even if even if all you do is fly foamies at the park, there is an AMA membership for you. Um, they they cover they cover every aspect of the hobby of the RC airplane hobby, I should say. Um, and the reason the reason that I am such a huge um, proponent of the AMA is for what they what they provide to their members. I mean, the it's a fairly long list. Um, the most important of which is insurance. Uh, you know, you you have an accident or um, you, you know, you hit somebody or, you know, worst case scenario, something bad happens with your airplane. So like, let's just say you're flying in a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> no. 
not in a Walmart because that is not an AMA sanctioned flying site. Okay, I was just going for clarification. So if you're flying yeah. in a Walmart parking lot and you hit somebody's car, I was getting to that. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Well, go ahead. No, I like where you're going with that. So that's not covered. No, that's not. Oh, no. So you have don't to be, do that. Yeah, you have to be flying from an AMA sanctioned field, and there are literally thousands. Like if you get on the AMA's website, they, they, there's a listing of AMA chartered. It's literal. It's thousands in the in the in the U.S., which is awesome considerable yeah that's good <laughs> um so the chances are there's there's probably an ama sanctioned field nearby and even if there's not if you're just a park flyer there are hundreds of thousands of acceptable places to fly a park flyer and there's definitions of park flyer and you can get those definitions on their website i don't have them memorized because i'm not a park flyer but um but you're covered under park flyer rules when you have the higher or the higher membership absolutely Yes. Right. So yes. it's, it's, if you're a full membership, you get the Park Flyer rules plus the full AMA um, coverage. Okay. Uh, Park Flyer. So just throw some numbers out there. A full. If you're a full member AMA, um, you get. I'm going to refer to my notes here. <laughs> uh, you get two, and this is crazy to me. You get two and a half million dollars worth of personal liability coverage. Now, granted, this is over and above what your own personal insurance does or does not pay out on an accident. So let's say, you know, you're flying at your club field, your airplane takes off, you lose control, flies over a neighborhood and flies through a couple of people's windows, three different houses and causes $5 million worth of damage. Well, that's a very nice housing uh, subdivision well, that we, we are flying nice around. places in Springfield. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so you'll get up to two and a half million on top of whatever your own liability coverage doesn't cover. So that's significant. Okay. Um, not to yeah, mention, that's a lot really. Yeah. And that comes only with the full membership, but even the park flyer membership, it's, I think it's 25,000, which is still considerable. Should be enough to cover you. You would at think. At a park running into a car or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, a park flyer, I think, I think the limit is up to two pounds. I think it's. Okay. So I think not it's, enough to do a lot of damage. No. Yeah. No. I mean, okay. you're not going to, I mean, you, I can't imagine you causing $25,000 worth of damage with a, you know, one and a half pound you know, yeah. foamy or whatever. Um, but anyway, that, that, that is the, you know, that number one reason you should join the AMA. Uh, number two reason is, um, they sanction club fields, right? So <clears throat> they provide guidance to club fields, um, so that they can, the field itself also qualifies for, I forget the figure. It's huge, um, liability. So somebody comes on a flying field as a, as a guest or whatever, you're having a fly-in. Maybe you've got people showing up that you want to show, you know, the hobby and get them in. And somebody twists an ankle or whatever. Whatever the property owner, in this case, you know, whatever their insurance doesn't cover, the AMA ponies up the rest, which that's could be significant as well. I don't know if you've ever been sued by somebody that's gotten injured on your property. I haven't, but I know people who have, and it gets pretty ugly. Yeah, I have um, not either. So maybe get, it's maybe it's time for you to go home. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have AMA, so you're. Uh, well, this is not an AMA charter field, so we right. can't fly here anymore. Um, so now, how does that work though? Like coverage for personal properties and that kind of stuff. Give me an example. Uh, I'm flying out back, and I mm -hmm. hit a car. Period. I mean, I don't know. Like, so unfortunately, the AMA doesn't. It only covers you if you're flying from an AMA sanctioned or an AMA chartered field. And in the case of a park flyer, that there are certain um, parameters 
where you're flying from that will be covered. So your example, you know, we're flying out here at your house and we fly the, we, we attempt to fly the telemaster from your field. It gets away from us and, and crashes through your neighbor's roof. That's going to be your own personal liability insurance that's going to have to cover that, not AMA, because you're not flying from an AMA sanctioned field. Well, this coverage sounds a little bit worse as we ca- or start talking about it. Yeah, but I mean, so here at your place, we're, we're fairly limited anyway by what we can fly off of your property. No, I understand. So I mean, I, I get that. The bigger airplanes but... that we want to fly or that I want to fly, I'm probably not going to even attempt to fly unless I'm at no. a chartered field yeah, anyway. I wouldn't. I wouldn't either, honestly. So, and to be honest... I like flying with other like-minded people. So sometimes it gets boring flying by myself. So I want to go and make fun of somebody else and have them make fun of me or whatever. And you can do that at a AMA uh, chartered field all while getting, you know, covered under their insurance policy. Okay. Which I think is worth it. Yeah. Just for the, I think it's, I think it works out to like seven or eight dollars a month. It's 75 bucks a year, right? Yeah. I'm not going to do the math, but yeah, it's not much. Yeah. I mean, even if it was 10 bucks a month. You know, what's I probably got ten dollars worth of change in my car. You know, wow, maybe you need to clean know. that out. I guess I should <laughs> go buy some cheeseburgers or something. There you go. But uh, but anyway, for just for the insurance, just to have that kind of peace of mind, that's worth it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but in addition to that, like I said, they support um, they they support our hobby, and they do that like. In Congress, you know, they, they lobby for our, I don't want to say rights because they're really not rights. You know, we don't have the right to fly our model airplanes. It's really, it's really kind of privilege. Privilege. Right? So really kind of we have this privilege that we can fly our model airplanes here. And so far, the FAA has kind of left us alone up to the, you know, the last few up years. Up to now. Yeah, yeah. The last few years have gotten kind of dicey. And the one... The biggest organization that's fighting for us to keep those privileges uh, is the AMA. And they do that. I mean, it's expensive, right? Lobbying is expensive. Right. Uh, it takes lots and lots of money, which is what we provide them. And they, they also you know, do uh, donations and things like that from uh, some of the organizations. Some of the manufacturers will, will donate to the AMA to, to help you know, lobby for the hobby. Help offset the cost. Lobby for the hobby. I like that. There you go. So... Um, but but they're our biggest supporters in Congress, and and I think you could probably credit the AMA for staving off anything that the FAA has really pushed. I mean, if you if you look at history, not history, but if you look over the last couple of years of what the FAA has tried to do, it's been fairly extreme. Yeah, and um, they're still trying. They are, but but I feel like the successes that we've had in Congress have been largely due to what FAA has done on our behalf. So AMA. I'm sorry, the AMA, yes, what they have done on our behalf. So that's that's another good reason to join the AMA, that to know that your your dues, your your membership dues mm-hmm. are going for that, you know, for that representation, you know, in the in the capital, uh, to, to try to keep our you know, to try to keep our hobby the way it accessible be. to everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um so, so. But now, so that's number two. Go ahead. Now, do you know is the AMA a uh, not-for-profit? I would say no, okay, um, because they they operate, which was I was going to get to. They operate a uh, that's okay. They operate a Hall of Fame, right? So they they induct members into the Hall of Fame, and they recognize they um, they actually have a scholarship program for students 
uh, that they that they I think that's up to forty thousand dollars a year total now. Um, but they you know they do scholarships. I think you, it's one of those where you have to write an essay and then they judge them or whatever. Um, they uh, so they they do operate I think on a profit. They do have a staff or faculty um, that they that they you know pay salaries to. Um, I don't well, you know can what they pay salaries and not for profits. Well, that's true. That's true. Um, I, maybe they are not for. I don't know. It probably says on their on their website, um, but it's a it's a fairly large organization, and you know what you get for that you know that small due or dues. Uh, is is huge you know something else that's cool that you get um you get that cool monthly or bi-monthly magazine you know model aviation i don't know if you guys have read that or not but it's a pretty good it's a pretty good magazine there's reviews in there they do uh um you know there's an event calendar in there that you can read you know about about what events are going on in your regions um what your region is doing uh for the hobby um there's a there's build articles in there. I mean, there's there's lots of good stuff in the magazine just in itself, to include what uh, you know what your region is doing for you as a hobbyist. So I just did a quick Google search, and the Academy of Model Aeronautics, based in Muncie, Indiana, uh, is a nonprofit organization dedicated to the promotion of model aviation as a recognized sport as well as recreational activity. There you go. So yes, it's not for profit. So there you go. Um, but it is a big organization. Yeah. Um, like I said, they have a Hall of Fame. You know, Clarence Lee's inducted. In, you know, one of my heroes. Um, one of these days, we need to go there. I feel like we should go to Muncie. Yeah, it's Indiana. actually close. Yeah, it's. I not, mean, really, not it's that far. what five or six hours away, maybe at most. Yeah, I don't even think it's that far. So less than five or six hours away at most. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. There you go. But anyway, um, they also offer services to flying sites, like how to set up a flying site. Um, they have in the past offered assistance finding a flying site. So if you're a modeler in the middle of nowhere and there's no flying sites near you, the AMA can help you establish a flying site. Uh, they can give you all oh, that's the nice. yeah. They can give you all the parameters you need to you need to have at a flying site. They can help you find an actual site. Um, they do coordination, I believe, with uh, um, airspace. So you know they can find you a site that you know maximizes your um, your available airspace so it doesn't interfere with commercial airspace. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they provide a lot of service. So it's a worthwhile organization. I think it's, you know, it's fairly inexpensive when you when you kind of can add up what you actually get out of that. Yeah. And, you know, you you kind of join a community, you know, when you, when you become a membership, I feel like. And I've been a member for a long time. <laughs> Since it began. Well, no, because my number, my <laughs> AMA number is fairly long. It's still six digits. Um, there yeah, but it's zero, 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 no, seven. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, it's a worthwhile organization. If you, if you haven't joined, I encourage you to, even if it's just the park flyer, if you're flying foamies in a park, $38 a year, I think, is what the park flyer membership is. Um, totally worth it. You get the same benefits. It's just a... The amounts are a little bit different. And then you're limited to the size of plane. Right. You said two pounds or under? I think it's, don't quote me, it's on their website, but I think it's up to two pounds, I think. Okay. Um, at any rate, it's worth it. There's a lot of, of park flyers, obviously, that come in under that weight, so you'll oh, be absolutely. fine if that's all you fly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what that amounts to in grams. Um, it seems like every time two. everything is <laughs> everything is advertised in metric these days. So. Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense. I mean, I hate to say it because I 
like pounds. I like inches. I like all that stuff. But yeah, man, you do. <laughs> that base ten system just makes Simple. so much more sense. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's my spiel on the AMA. Um, join if you haven't. Uh, it's worth it. But even if you even if you don't, that's fine too. We we appreciate all of our listeners and fill out those surveys if you haven't filled out a survey yet. Just like Ron said. If you wouldn't mind, it helps us help you. Yeah, so that's my whole takeaway from this whole conversation is go fill out a survey. <laughs> that's well, because you're heard. already an AMA member, right? I am. So, yeah, this is all kind of old news to you. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think I don't really pay attention to what you get with the AMA um, because it's it's more that in order to fly at our field, you have to be a member. Yeah, well, that's so true. It's, I mean, do. so that's really the only reason I've joined. To be honest, like I, oh, okay. if it wasn't for flying bigger planes at the field and it was just the stuff I did around here, which is the smaller electrics and all that, I don't think I would spend the money on it. And maybe I should. I mean, I've never really looked into what all they offer or what they do um, to make me really consider that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's just well, where I, I mean, stand on it. Their, the website is full of information. If you have questions about the AMA, they can probably be answered right there on their website. And if not, they have a live online chat. Oh, that's cool. Kind of like Horizon does, I believe. Oh, actually, yeah, I had to use that before to find my AMA number, I think, or my renewal or something. I don't remember yeah. what it was, but I had to talk to him that yeah. way. Yep. So, so, and they're actually, I think I emailed them too, and they're very, very responsive with oh, their yeah. emails. Yeah. So it's handy. Yeah. Great cool. organization. Join if you can, and if you can't, that's that's fine too. But I just thought it would be worth talking about it since I did notice that some of our USA members or listeners that filled out the survey survey indicated they were not members so yeah there you go cool be a member if, i mean if you can <laughs> okay oh do you want to talk about uh this email yeah go ahead and so read one. yeah one of our frequent uh frequent contacts through the website this time uh, but he's also emailed us james uh thanks for contacting us again uh he did have a question he, he thought it'd be a good idea to talk about um gas versus nitro which we really kind of haven't covered except just with what the differences are. Yeah. But we didn't really talk in, at great length about the advantages of one over the other. And I'll be honest, like <laughs> initially, like when I'm in my head, I'm, I'm comparing gas versus nitro. And I got to be honest, I'm a nitro guy and I, I don't see a lot of disadvantages with gas. I really don't. Um, oh, I, yeah, I don't see any disadvantages with gas. They, so for the same size displacement, the only disadvantage I could come up with, and this is pretty lame, I'll be honest, the only disadvantage <laughs> I could come up with is that the same size displacement mm -hmm. produces less power on a gas. Okay. And that's really it. I mean, I mean, they're super, super convenient, right? They are very, very You can go convenient. to the pump and get, and even if you bought premium gas and put a little bit of oil in, it's a quarter of the price of, of nitro fuel. Uh, a quarter much, to half? Much less than that. So, well... Like gas right now, uh, I filled up today, was 225 where we are. Okay. And I think if I went up to the fully highest stuff, it was two, maybe 75. Okay. So 275 a gallon, and then you add your oil, mm -hmm. and that's not more than at most a dollar. I mean, like the Redline stuff I buy... Oh, for a gallon, you mean? No, Because like, Redline oil in that little quart container is quite pricey. It's eight bucks. For, I think last time I got was for eight dollars, right? And then you have to you have to dilute that down. No, this was less than the quart. I think I don't or remember maybe it's what a it pint. was. It could have been. It's a, it's pricey. Yeah, 
But, but, but when you're right. put, I'm talking about what you put into a gallon of yeah. gas is no more than a dollar. Maybe a buck. Yeah. Okay. And so even if it is. So we're, let's just say $4. We'll round up $4 a gallon. <laughs> okay. I'll give you $4. Okay. $4 <laughs> <right>. a gallon. <laughs> okay. Last time I bought gas or bought glow fuel was thirty two ninety. Well, that's because you bought it somewhere that you shouldn't have. So, well, that's fine. But that's mine still, was 26 bucks. Okay. Well, with mine, I'm still saying that's almost 10 times as much. Yeah. But, so there's a there's an you know there's another advantage for gas it's it's uh, much more economical to run. Like uh, I don't mind flying bigger airplanes because you don't burn nearly as much fuel. So the Telemaster was uh which we haven't done anything with Telemaster by the way. But the Telemaster was nitro for a little bit and we went through a lot of fuel testing and and doing all that. We probably burnt what do you think half a gallon? It, easy. Easy? Yeah. Half a gallon just going through trying to get, what, the seven minutes of flight time that we got out of it and tuning and all that stuff between it. I mean, really. Yeah. No, no, you're so right. So that amount of flying was 15 $12.50. $12. Give or take. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the same amount of flying on the gas engine would have been like a dollar. True. Two bucks, maybe. Yes. So I'm, I love gas as opposed to nitro. However. However um, what? In in my opinion, um, yeah, that's really all I got. That I mean, really, you're not, you're not fighting for nitro. No, I mean, and you know, I'm a nitro guy, and I still and I and I will still fly nitros, you know, as until the day I die. Well, I mean, for forty size airplanes and sixty size airplanes, they just have not made a gas engine yet that really kind of fits that application. Do you know what I mean? No, I get it. And so, like, honestly, for me, airplanes that size don't burn enough to where you're going through a ton of fuel. You know, like... No, I, yeah, you're right. If, if that's all you're flying, you can get through a 8-ounce tank will last you 20 minutes, something like that. Uh, maybe even a little bit more, depending on how you're flying. Right. And that's plenty, you know, to get you through for quite a while. Sure. So you're not burning half a gallon in a day. You're not burning that much when you're flying. Right. Um, but like with that 70, or no, what was on the, the Telemaster 90? What did we get to on the... It was on the, a, the biggest one was a 91. That, I mean, that drank it. It was thirsty. Very, very fast. Yes. And that would get expensive. A full day of flying, that would get very... I mean, you go it through would. a gallon easily. Easily. So yes. that's why, yeah. Well, and I guess we're making the same point. Uh, gas yeah, I'm not better. fighting. I'm not I'm not arguing either because I, I that's absolutely accurate. So downfalls. Let's let's look. There are a couple downfalls with... with gasoline um you have another battery that you have to charge yes and that can be i don't want to say problematic but it's another step another thing you have to do before you go fly right you have an ignition that you have to uh wire and you're gonna have to find a way to turn that off with your uh, uh with your transmitter yeah that's it <laughs> i mean that's it's not that difficult so no, but those not. are those are a couple more things to consider yeah. Between nitro and, and gasoline. A, a nitro, you know, a nitro engine of the same, let, let's not go with displacement, let's go with power, right? Mm -hmm. um, a nitro engine is going to weigh considerably less. Yeah, because you don't have the extra battery weight. In battery and the, the ignition. ignition. And an ignition is much harder to troubleshoot than anything on a nitro motor. I think I have proven that. <laughs> the fact that you can't figure it out yeah that's yeah. proof positive right um no i and i understand that um but still the grand scheme of things i do not disagree at all even if you have to replace an ignition every year on an airplane that you fly often 
Oh, it's yeah. going to be cheaper. You're still, yeah. You're saving a lot of money. Yep. And I, they're just so much cleaner. They are. I mean, less you mess have, on the airplane. Yeah, it's just yep. oh, so much nicer. The um, it's been my limited experience that the um, the needles on the carburetors are a little bit less. Like for instance, once you get that sweet spot set on a gasser on a gas on a gasoline engine, Sorry, usually gasoline. you don't really have to mess with it too much. Once it's set. Mm-hmm. Um, Great changes in temperature don't seem to affect it as much as it does a nitro. Probably because you're not moving the volume of fuel that you are on a nitro. Yeah, so nitro will use more fuel too. Like same displacement will yes. use more fuel going through it. Oh, absolutely. Not necessarily that it's cheaper like with gasoline, but you're using less fuel with gasoline too. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, think about when you run your weed eater outside, how long does the tank of gas on that last? It lasts a good long time, and that's... I mean, that's the same, pretty much the same size tank as like we would have in the Telemaster that's on one of my weed eaters. Yeah, probably. I mean, the way it wraps around, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be about the same size and that lasts a long time. So very, very worthwhile going to to gas engines. Now they're like the the gasoline ones. They are a little bit more expensive though, right? Well, I mean, are they though? These days, I don't know. You can get, uh, you know, let's use a DLE 20 for example, which is a good replacement for a 60 to 75 two-stroke. Um, you can get a DLE 20 nowadays, brand new in the box, for I think 289 279 somewhere in that range. Um, granted, uh, you, you can find a Chinese, you know, 90, 60 to a 90 two-stroke for 109 to 129 maybe somewhere in that range. So... They're getting the, the gap is closing, if that makes sense. Like yes, yeah. they are more expensive to answer your question, but they're that that difference is as time goes on is getting much much smaller. But this is something else I just thought of. You don't have glow plugs that you have to replace at ten bucks a pop. Nope. And you could replace two in a, a day of flying. You can. If, I mean, if something's not, not quite needles, yeah. yeah, something's not quite tuned right, you can yeah. go through those very quickly. Right. Um, as opposed to the, I don't know, what is it, CJ7 or something like that. CM6. CM6. Yeah, yeah. I got the C right. <laughs> <laughs> but you can get those fairly inexpensive, and they last yeah. a long time. Yeah. $7. I mean, it's a spark plug. Yeah, because I just bought one recently. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, it was $7. But that's going to last a lot longer than a glow plug. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, even in perfect conditions, that's going to last longer than a glow plug. Oh, though. yeah, absolutely. And that's, yeah. So, and glow plugs, I think the last time I looked at them were Twelve to fifteen bucks. Well, they're not. Well, I, they're going up um, because apparently rhodium, which is the the metal they use to make the coil out of, is getting um, harder and harder to get, and they're raising the price of it. So yeah, the, the cost of glow plugs are going up. Um, I think in OS number eight, you can still get them for about ten bucks. You know, depending on where you find oh, it. Oh, really? Um, but yeah, they're you know they used to be. I remember when we used to sell them at the hobby shop. They were five and a quarter a piece. Wow. And they're 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 over. I think they're probably over ten dollars by now. It's been a while since I've had to buy them because I have a pretty good stockpile of them. But because um, I have so many nitro engines, <laughs> um, so James, um, yeah, I, I can't I can't think of a reason not to go gas um, unless it's size. You know, like I said, the forty size to sixty size. Well, maybe not even sixty size because they they make you know sixty size replacements now. I think uh, I think the Evolution 17cc, I think now, is a great 60-size replacement. It seems from most of the stuff I've read, barring issues, with, I guess they, they may have had issues with the carburetor. Um, but anyway, 
Um, 40 size airplanes, I think we're still kind of in, uh, in uncharted territory with, with gasoline powered engines, but, uh, anything bigger than that. Yeah. I, I, I can't really, uh, I can't think of a reason other than nostalgia <laughs> to go with nitro over gas. Well, I, yeah, I have that Super Skybolt. Super Skybolt! And that has a, I think it's an RCGF 15cc on it. I think that's so, what's on there, yeah. Yeah, and that's the smallest gas engine I've ever had. Flies great. Flies great, runs really well. Yeah. I mean... That's a good 60 size replacement. Yeah, you can't go wrong with something yeah. that size. Yeah, so so James mentions he's, he's thinking about a new airplane, which is, I think he was looking at the Revolver 70, uh, which, there you go. You know, a, a 15 to 20 cc gasser would be a great engine for that for that uh, for that airframe yeah and the so i don't know what the rcgf ones are like price wise but that's like the lower yeah they're the entry level kind of like the chinese knockoff kind of things but But, you know i've had that and not had any problems with it um no granted you don't have a lot of time with it no i don't have a ton of time enough but enough to where i would expect some sort of problems by now True. That, I mean, does that make yes. you follow uh, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. So you've you've had it long enough that you feel like you would any problems would have surfaced by now. Well, I've had it long enough to where I feel like if there's a problem with it, it's well deserved problem. I mean, like it's yeah, something yeah. where I'm not gotcha. like this is a terrible engine. Right. It's just things happen over time. I understand. So that's where I think I am with that one right now. Like, okay. if I had a problem with that or the the Zenoa G26 that I have on that well, uh, other I one, mean, that's a quality engine right there. Right, and I haven't had any problems with that one either. And nor would I expect you to. Um, same with the DA-170, not had any problems with that one. Also a quality engine. That was a very expensive engine, <laughs> um, but my, yeah, that's a fun one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like some of the, the, the Well, and to be ones, fair, you, you can't get a nitro that size. Well, no, because it'd go through like a four and a half <laughs> gallon, you know, four and a half gallons of nitro fuel in a, mm. a five-minute flight. I can't imagine how much that would go through. So way back when, I used to have a Super Tiger, I think it was a 2500, which is a 2.5 cubic inch, which whatever that works out to in cc's. More than 2.5. More than 2.5, yeah, whatever it is. Um, I remember flying that thing and going through a gallon of fuel in a weekend. Now, granted, this is this was in you know, way back when it was. I think it was in an Ultimate biplane or something like that, and I flew it a lot, right? Yeah. But easily a gallon of fuel in a weekend. Gosh, that's just expensive. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, back then there, we didn't really have many options for gasoline back then. But, uh, but yeah, that would be quite expensive today. Yeah, if I'm buying it, it's 35 bucks a gallon. If you're buying it, it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> but, see, I don't plan on going through a lot of glow fuel, so I didn't buy a bunch. Yeah, and I, and I did because I wanted to do, and I, I still haven't flown as much as I really wanted to. This it's been so season, windy but, here. I well, mean, like the last couple weekends I've been wanting to get out there, it has been so windy that you couldn't. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's been terrible. I couldn't yeah. even fly anything here. It's been so bad. Yeah. So, yeah. Some of the bigger airplanes, though, we could have flown, I feel like. No, not this past weekend. I mean, it was gusting to where the trees were moving a lot here. And maybe it was different where we fly, because that's mm. half hour away or so. But, yeah. I mean, out here, like, it was so bad that when it was hot out, whatever day that was, it wasn't hot, because the wind <laughs> was just constantly blowing on you. Yeah. So. Well, anyway, James, like I said, I, I wish I could uh, convince you to, to go nitro, but I really can't think of a, <laughs> a great reason to choose that over, over gasoline. If... If nostalgia is not your thing, then it makes more sense to go gasoline. So what you're saying is 
The future of RC airplanes lies with gasoline. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. And electric. That's not what I'm saying. What you're saying is nitro is going by the wayside. No, no, I did not say that. There will always be a market, even if it's just a niche for nitro, because of guys like me. No, I get it. I mean, and you know what, to be honest. Guys and girls, there's there's women out there too that uh, fly RC airplanes and fly nitro. So, honestly, like, you cannot get the smell out of electric. You can't get the smell out of gasoline that you can out of glow. And I love that nitro smell. I mean, I really do. Yeah, I do too. So it takes me back. Every time Every time I smell one, it takes me back to that, that first experience I had <laughs> with, a, with a nitro airplane, both my neighbor there. That's so, awesome. Which is a great memory for me. Oh, you're tearing up. I am. <laughs> it's time for RC Plane Labs Tool of the Week. And today's Tool of the Week is... Or this week's tool of the week is today's weekly tool thing is the, <laughs> today's this week's tool of the week of the day of the week is I'm sorry this week's tool of the day no wait <laughs> nice this day's tool of the week is the airplane stand <laughs> no airplane stand it's like such an easy awesome idea yeah and it it's it comes in handy all the time yes. Like if you're working on an airplane, if you're, you know, you don't always need to have it sitting on its wheels. Sometimes you want it to be nose up. Sometimes you want it to be belly up. This thing will do it perfectly every time and it holds it well. Yeah. Um, so the ones we're talking about are the Robart. Yeah. Uh, the the styrofoamy mm-hmm. little. I think it's actually called the Super Stand Two. Is the bigger one with the with the pivoting. Which yeah, I know what you're cradles. talking about. There you go. Which you have a very smart idea on how you hold those on because mine fall off all the time <laughs> and i know I, I took mine out to the uh to the to the field a couple weeks ago or whatever it was and you just and you started were, laughing and you at were me chasing the cradles down the flight line because as i took it out of the truck you know it, it fell off and there i'm trying to find it and carry everything and what do you do with yours because it was actually a good idea that i have not done yet uh yeah so i just i just drilled a hole mm-hmm. right through it uh through the cradle and the stand and then i just plugged a plugged a dowel you know Cut a piece of wooden dowel rod to to fit the hole and pinned them in place. That is brilliant. I mean, I, mean, I never I, I never thought about that. I just always like cuss that thing whenever I pick it up uh, and hold it at the wrong angle. Yeah. And then half the time you you store it, and then yeah. you lose one of them when you right. store it, and then you get it out, and oh, it's a pain. I've seen lots of different approaches to connecting these cradles to the stand. I've seen some guys use double sided tape. Well, then it's fixed at an angle. Right. It doesn't pivot. Yeah. And yeah, I just it, like. I don't even know where I got the idea. Maybe it may have been my own idea. I don't, I can't, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think I'm smart enough to come up with that on my own. Maybe, maybe I was, but I just got <laughs> tired of dropping the dang things. What's the, what's the saying? Every now and then, even a blind squirrel finds a nut or right, something. Right, exactly. So there you go. Yeah, maybe even did. a stopped clock is right twice a day, right? There you are. So yeah, I just drilled a hole in there. Like I tried to find, you know, the exact center so it would do this cool pivoting thing and it works. Yeah, that's a, a good idea. I haven't lost a cradle yet. Well, <laughs> since I did that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, Robart actually makes two stands. They make two sizes. They make the Super Stand 2, which I think that's what's called, is the one we're talking about. And then they also make a smaller one that is like a tray with two uprights. And it's designed for smaller airplanes, you know, probably 40 size and smaller. Um, but it works great. It's it's great to have in, the, in, the, um, in your hangar. Mm-hmm. So you can store airplanes on it or... You know, if it's a smaller airplane, you can flip it over. And like I work on my reactor biplane on this little stand. It works great. 
So is that a one piece then piece of foam or how does that? So the you know, it's three pieces. So it's got a tray, uh-huh. right? And then the two uprights just simply plug into the bottom of the tray and it's all held together by friction. Oh, I, yeah. And it works well. It works awesome. It kind of scares me. Yeah, the the like um, I'd, I'd be afraid it would like just fall over. You know, me too. But um, they've designed it in such a way that it 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 engages quite a bit of material when you plug them in. Oh, okay. Um, and then the base of them is nice and flat and square, and it actually seats up against the tray so that there's not a lot of rocking side to side. Not a lot of wiggle. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, it's great for like I said, smaller airplanes. But the Superstand too, it's good for big airplanes. I mean, I I put my uh, my big fifty cc yeah. Well, compared to your yak, it's not big, but <laughs> it's um, a good size to me. My fifty cc uh, Cardin yak, uh, I'll flip it upside down and put it on my Superstand without any trouble at all. Works awesome. That's awesome. Yep. So that's I, the I tool did, of the week. I didn't Very realize handy. it would hold something that size. Too. Oh yeah. Yeah. No I've problem. only used like forty to sixty size airplanes on it. Yeah. So. Well, it has those big plastic. Um, the big stand has the big plastic, um, yeah, standoffs or not standoffs, rod things. Rod, yeah. That, yeah, they're actually quite substantial, especially they are, and because it's a pretty tight fit, those things are really tight in the holes on the uprights, and so, it's adjustable. And for it is how, yeah. how wide you want it. Yep, yep. Now, don't you have a couple of them that you actually store airplanes on, or is that just I do. A transport? No, I I I've bought many of these things over the years, and I one of them. So they're made of foam. Uh-huh. And uh, you know what happens when gasoline <laughs> touches foam? Well, if you're not uh-huh. familiar, um, I don't recommend trying it at home, but a little bit of gasoline on um, expanded foam or whatever kind of foam this is, it will just eat right through it. Yeah, like there's nothing there. Yeah. So uh, one of the stands I flipped an airplane over, it was a gas-powered one, gasoline, and uh, fuel leaked out and got on the stand and really kind of ate some holes in it. So now that particular stand is a permanent stand just sits on the floor and I keep my whatever airplane on it. And that's because I'm a huge fan of not storing airplane on the wheels. Oh yeah. Flat spot over time. Yep. I think we may have mentioned that. I've heard about that already. Um, So yeah, uh, this, the airplane stand is the tool of the week and, um, and Robart is not the only manufacturer. There's a few other manufacturers out there that make them and they're really not that complicated. You could make them yourself pretty easily. Yeah, I've seen a lot of them made out of uh, like PVC pipe and stuff. Right, and, and I have one of those out in the garage, a big one. Oh, do you? Yep. I say I need to make one. Yep. I don't have any of those, but yeah, they're super easy to make and so handy to have around. And, and in fact, they're so handy that our club field even has some for your use at the field. You know, oh, they're yeah. Stored under they're the underneath the there. tables. Yeah. I forgot about that yeah. because they're just so darn handy. <laughs> okay. So, well, tool of the week: airplane stand. Cool. Anything else? No, that's all I got. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, Until next week, I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. Good night. Good night. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.